ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد so we continue ayyul ikhwa wal akhawat with reading through that kitab al arba'un al nawawiyah 40 hadith of imam al nawawi and we began last week with the first hadith and that was that hadith narrated by umar ibn khattab radiyallahu anhu innamal a'malu bin niyyat wa innama likulli mar'in ma nawa indeed the actions are only judged by their intentions wa innama likulli mar'in ma nawa and every man and every person shall be rewarded according to his in his intentions until the end of the hadith that hadith that tremendous hadith concerning al-ikhlas concerning sincerity making sure that a person's actions are for the sake of Allah and we mentioned also in the explanation of that that the actions are also done in accordance in, in accordance to the sunnah the sunnah of the prophet of Islam Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we come to al-hadith al-thani the second hadith that the imam he brings and that is that hadith narrated also by Umar al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu that he said baynama nahnu julusun 'inda rasulullahi sallallahu alaihi wasallam dhata yawmin whilst we were sat with the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on a particular day if qala alayna rajul shadid bayad al-thiyab shadid suwad al-shar la yura alayhi athar as-safar they came to us a man who had an extremely white thobe shadid suwad al-shar and his hair was jet black la yura alayhi athar as-safar there were no signs of travel on him wala ya'rifuhu minna ahad none of us knew who knew him none of us knew him hatta jalasa ila an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam up until he sat with the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam fa rukbatay ila rukbatay and he placed his knees opposite the knees of the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he placed his hands on his thighs waqal and he said ya muhammad akhbirni an al-islam oh muhammad inform me about islam yani what is islam faqala rasulullah so the messenger of allah he said al-islam an tashhada an la ilaha illallah Islam is that you bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except for Allah. Wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah and that Muhammad sallallahu is the messenger of Allah. Wa tuqim as-salah and that you establish the prayer. Wa tu'ti az-zakah and you give the zakah, the charity. Wa tasum ar-Ramadan and you 
fast in the Ramadan. And you perform the Hajj to the house of Allah in Mecca if you are able. And so Jibreel السلام, at this point he said, Sadaqt. You have spoken the truth. As Umar he mentions here. And so we were amazed that he, he said this, that he confirmed that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, spoke the truth. That he asked, because the norm and the nature of the one who's asking is that he doesn't know. However, he asked the question and then after the Messenger of Allah وسلم, responded, he said, Sadaqt, he spoke the truth. And so we were amazed at this. قال, and then he said, Jibreel السلام, Tell me about Iman. He said, Iman is that you believe in Allah, you believe in the angels, in His books, you believe in Allah's angels, you believe in His books, you believe in His messengers, and the last day, and that you believe in the Qadr of Allah, the pre-decree of Allah, it's good and it's bad. Qal sadaqt. Again, Jibreel, he responded by saying, you have spoken the truth. Qal, and then he said, Jibreel, فَأَخْبِرْنِ عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ He said, tell me about Ihsan. So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, and تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَى كَأَنَّكَ تَرَى Ihsan is that you worship Allah as though you can see Him. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ and even though you don't see him, if you're not able to worship Allah in this way, then know that he sees you. And so he said, Jibreel, he said, Tell me about the hour, meaning the final hour. And so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, he said that the one being asked doesn't know any better than the one asking. Meaning, I, I don't know and you don't know. And so Jibreel, he said, So then tell me about its signs, the signs of the final hour. And so the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, And from the signs is that the slave girl will give birth to her master. And you will see the barefooted, naked يعني, uh, shepherds, Bedouin shepherds. You will see them You will see them competing against one another in building high-rise buildings. And then he left. Meaning, this man who came. We know it was Jibreel. 
And so, meaning Umar, that I stayed for a while. And then the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, Ya Umar, Oh Umar, do you know who the questioner was? I said, Allah and His Messenger know best. And so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, فَإِنَّهُ جِبْرِيلَ آتَاكُمْ يُعَلِّمُكُمْ دِينَكُمْ So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said that this was Jibreel who came to teach you your religion. That hadith was recorded by Imam Muslim. And this hadith, as we mentioned, was narrated by Umar again. That first hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ was narrated by Umar. And again here, narrated by Umar. Ibn Umar narrated from Amr, his father. So here we have Sahabi narrating from a Sahabi and also son narrating from his father. And we mentioned last week some of the fadail and some of the virtues and some of the seerah of Amr ibn Khattab. As for Ibn Amr, then he's got, then we'll mention something about Ibn Amr in the next class, bi'idnillah. For the third hadith in this book, the 40 hadith of uh, Imam al Nawi. The third hadith is noted by Abdullah ibn Umar. So we will mention something about the fadail of Abdullah ibn Umar in the next class, bi'idnillah. This hadith, ayyul ikhwa, is a tremendous hadith. And Imam al-Nawi, he narrated that first hadith that we studied last week. Innamal a'malu bin niyat. Indeed, the actions are only by their intentions. And that was the first hadith that Imam al-Bukhari began his Sahih with. That Sahih al-Bukhari, the most authentic book after the Qur'an. Al-Bukhari began his Sahih with that hadith. So Imam al-Nawi began his book, 40 hadith, with the first hadith of who? Imam al-Bukhari. This second hadith, the second hadith of Imam al-Nawi is the first hadith narrated by Imam Muslim. So his first hadith, was that first hadith that Al-Bukhari narrated. And his second hadith was that first hadith that Imam Muslim narrated in his Sahih, after his Muqaddama, after his introduction. Kitab al-Iman. And then in the Kitab al-Iman, he begins with this first hadith, which shows to us the importance of this hadith. In fact, many of the scholars, they refer to this hadith, this hadith of Jibreel, because in it are the pillars of Islam, the pillars of Iman, Ihsan, signs of the hour. Some of them refer to this hadith as Ummu Sunnah, the mother of the Sunnah. Just as Surah Al Fatiha is referred as Ummul Kitab, the mother of the, the Kitab, the book, yani, the Quran. Ibn al Qayyim he mentioned that the knowledge of all of the previous books was combined into the Quran. All of those previous books that Allah revealed. The knowledge from all of those books was combined in the Qur'an. And the knowledge of the Qur'an, all of it was combined in Surah Al-Fatiha. Umm Al-Qur'an. And the knowledge of all of Surah Al-Fatiha was combined into two verses. You alone we worship and you alone we seek aid. With you alone we seek aid. So this is Umm al-Qur'an, Surah al-Fatiha, and also Fatiha al-Kitab. 
Fatihatul Kitab, the opening chapter of the Quran, that first chapter. And so this hadith, Imam Muslim began with this hadith as Umm Sunnah, the mother of the, of the Sunnah. Due to that which is, which is in this hadith from tremendous uh, bayan of the, and explanation of the pillars of Islam and the pillars of Iman. And it is Fatihatul Sunnah with Imam Muslim. Opening hadith of his book, Sahih, the Sahih. And there were others also who began their books with these two hadith. Like Imam al-Baghawi, he began his books with these two hadith. Imam al-A'mal bin Niyat and also this hadith, the hadith of uh, Jibreel. This hadith also was recorded by Imam al-Bukhari, but not through Amr, through Abu Harara. But through Abu Harara. So, Imam Muslim also records it from Abu Huraira and Imam al-Bukhari. So, it's also recorded in, in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari. And so, here we find that this man, and we found out at the end of the hadith that it was Jibreel, that he came, بَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ جُلُوسٌ عِنْدَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Umar, he's saying that we were sat with the Messenger of Allah and he had extremely white clothes. Shadid bayad thiyab, shadid suwad shar. Thaw was extremely clean. His hair was extremely black, meaning that he wasn't from. He wasn't from Medina. He wasn't from Medina, because wala yarifuhu minna ahad. None of us knew him, so he wasn't from the community of the Muslims, nor was he a traveler. Why? Because the norm was that the traveler who travels in the desert is that his clothes would become dirty because of all the dust and the sand, and also his hair would not be jet black. So these were the first signs of something being strange here. In fact, some of the narrations mentioned also that he came walking in some detail. And that when we were sat with the Messenger of Allah, that a man came, Ahsan and Nas Wajhan, he had the, he was from the most handsome of people, of men. And the most best sweet smelling from the from the people. And we know that Jibreel he would come in different forms. He came twice in his original form. Twice in his original form. Once that the Messenger of Allah saw him twice, Jibreel, the angel, he saw him. Twice in his original form. One one of them was in with the in with the Sidrat al Muntaha, that utmost yani, that low tree, the utmost boundary over the seventh heaven. He saw him in his original form. And also very close after he was sent by Allah and commissioned with Nabuwa as a prophet. 
after the, uh, the angel Jibreel came and said, Iqra, read. There was a time after that first point where the Messenger of Allah scholars differ as it refers to the period of time between that point and the next meeting he had with Jibreel. However, he, would, he, he desired to see Jibreel again in that period. And then after some time he saw him. He saw him, he looked up, he heard Jibreel call him, and he looked up and he saw Jibreel in his original form. 600 wings. So these were the only two times that he saw him in his original form. Sometimes he would come, and the Sahaba wouldn't see him. The Messenger of Allah would see him, know he was there, but the Sahaba didn't see him. Like that time when he came, and the Messenger, and the messenger of Allah ascended the member. And he said, Ameen, three times. And so the Sahaba, they said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, we saw you go ascend the member and say Ameen three times. He said, that was Jibreel who came and made dua three times. And so I, I said, Ameen. And he said to me, Qul Ameen. Say Ameen. And so I said, Ameen. Sometimes he would also come in the form of a man that they didn't know, like this situation here. And also in the form of another companion who was Dahiyya al-Kalbi. Dahiyya al-Kalbi. And this Dahiyya al-Kalbi was from the most... They would strike Dahiyya as an example as it, as it relates to his beauty. In fact, Ibn Hajar mentions that whenever he would come to Medina, when he would come back and he would come to Medina, the women of Medina would leave their homes because they would want to see Dahiyya. They would want to get, get, get a glimpse of Dahiyya due to how handsome he was. However, in this hadith, Jibreel, he came in the form of a man in which even the messenger of Allah did not recognize him. And we're going to look at that. Because the messenger of Allah he mentioned, in fact, we mention it here now, he, he said, وَالَّذِي بَعَثَ مُحَمَّدًا بِالْحَقِّ مَا كُنْتُ بِأَعْلَمَ بِهِ مِنْ رَجُلِ مِنْكُمْ وَإِنَّهُ لَجِبْرِيلٌ he said, by the one who sent Muhammad Sallallahu with the truth, that I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't aware, I wasn't more aware than any of you about this man. Indeed, he was Jibreel. And also, he said, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu in another wording, he said, Subhanallah. He said, Subhanallah, Hada Jibreel. That was Jibreel. Ja He came so that he may teach the people Dinahum, that he may teach them their religion. By him in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad. There was never a time that he came to me. There was never a time that he would come to me except that I knew it was Jibreel, except for this time. Except for this particular occasion. Question, ayyul ikhwa. Read the hadith, and here we find that Jibreel he came, and there was no mention of him giving salam. He didn't give salam. So what's up with this, ayyul ikhwa? And he didn't give salam. The other narrations point to the fact that he actually gave salam. 
And in another narration, he mentions that he came hatta salama up until he gave salam to uh, to the people, and then he came closer to Muhammad and said, "Assalamu alaykum, ya Muhammad." He said, "Oh, Messenger of Allah, Assalamu alaykum." And so some some narrators may not have mentioned this, and there's no harm in this, because it's possible that some narrators heard it, or some companions they heard it, and others didn't. Or that some saw that this was not important, it doesn't matter that I leave this out when I'm narrating it. It doesn't change or affect the story. Uh, and so they saw that uh, this was not important. And others saw that what's important is, is that you narrate, narrate the meaning. The meaning. But another question, and that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, لا تجعلوا دعاء الرسول بينكم كدعاء بعدكم ببعض. Don't call, don't make your calling and addressing of the Messenger of Allah like the way you address one another by saying Muhammad. But here Jibreel he said, Ya Muhammad. So again, what's up with that, Ayyul Ikhwa? Huh? Now, a few a few reasons, and that is uh, that some of the narrations again, some of the narrations actually mention that he said, "Ya Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah." But again, some narrate some narrators narrated it in such a way, and some narrators narrated it with saying Muhammad, and again. They didn't see it as important because it doesn't change the meaning of the hadith. What's most important is that the meaning of the hadith gets across. And Ibn Hajar and others, they said that the reason why he did that is to, because his intent was to disguise himself as a Bedouin. And from the mannerisms of the Bedouins, the Bedouin Arabs is that they were very coarse, rough, very rough. They don't have those manners, those polite manners. Ya Muhammad, akhbirni an Islam. Tell me about Islam. And that, so here that he, Jibreel, from the ways he intended to disguise himself and make the situation seem as real as possible, is that he's, he addressed the Messenger of Allah in this way. In fact, some narrations mention that he was stepping over the people, stepping between them, to make it seem like he was just like the Bedouin Arabs. Just like the Bedouin Arabs, the desert Arabs. So the narration mentions that he, up until he came and placed his knees in line with the knees and opposite the knees of the Messenger of Allah And the scholars, they mentioned this, this was in order to teach those present, those who were present, the Sahaba, how the questioner should, should sit. And how the one who is learning, one who has come to learn, what are you learning? You're learning the, the most, the most noble of sciences, the best of knowledge, the knowledge of Allah, the knowledge of the religion of Allah. So here a person should come 
and he should have those mannerisms when he's seeking this knowledge. He comes and he sits close to the one who is, who is teaching. Because this, as the scholars, they mentioned that this is more humble. When you're hearing the ayat of Allah, and you're hearing the hadith, this is closer to you being humble. And it's better for the one who is listening, that he may hear clearly, and that also it, it is better for the heart, and the, the heart and the mind being present. As opposed to someone who sat really far, might not catch everything, might not, might get distracted. And so here the scholars, they mention that this shows to us that Jibreel Islam didn't just come to teach them the religion. Yes, he taught them the pillars of Islam, the pillars of Iman, the fundamentals of this religion. But also in this, he was teaching the Sahaba and, te- and the Ummah how we should be when we seek knowledge. One wording mentions he uh, uh, He came and sat That he was sat just as a person sits when he's praying. The way and how you sit when you're praying in the tashahud. He was sat like that. Ibn Habban in Ibn Habban in his wording of the hadith, he mentioned that the Prophet that he used to sit amongst his sahaba, that the, in that narration, there's a mention that the messenger of Allah وسلم, he used to sit amongst his sahaba, on the floor, الغريب, and the stranger would come, and he would not know who was the messenger of Allah وسلم. never seen him before, stranger would come, and so we sought permission from the messenger of Allah وسلم, to make, to make يعني, like a chair. And so we made for him يعني, like a chair. Something for him to sit on. Min طين, from clay. And so the Messenger of Allah agreed and he sat on it. And this shows ikhwa, how, look at the Sahaba, how even in these small affairs, these small affairs, they would ask the Messenger of Allah. They sought permission for us to do this. How about in the affairs of aqidah, in the affairs of belief, inventing and introducing new things, worship, acts of worship, the bid'ah. This was the way of the Sahaba. And this shows, shows to us the permissibility of, of the speaker sitting on a chair. The speaker and the one who's teaching sitting on a chair or sitting high up. Because this is ablah and it's more far-reaching as opposed to someone sat on the floor. Possible someone sat at the back and doesn't see the expressions of the one who's speaking, the one who's teaching. So this shows the permissibility and it's allowed for the speaker and the one who's teaching to be sat on a chair, high up. Narration goes on to mention that Jibreel now, he placed his hands on his thighs. Question, whose thighs? His thighs, his own thighs, or the thighs of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam? Huh? Jibreel on his own thighs? Huh? Kullukum lakum wajh. You all have something of the truth with you. Some of the scholars, like Imam Noe, he said that it was his own thighs. Thighs of Jibreel. 
Other scholars, they mention, uh, like Ibn Hajar, that it was the thighs of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, And he said, in that hadith, we mentioned before, that he gave salam. فَرَدَّ عَلَيْهِ salam. So the Messenger of Allah Wasallam returned his salam. And then he said, قَالْ Adnu said, can I come close? And so the Messenger of Allah, Ya Muhammad, can I come close to Muhammad? And so the Messenger of Allah Wasallam said, come close. And he kept on saying this until he came close. حَتَّى وَضَعَ يَدَهُ عَلَى رُكْبَتَيْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Until he placed his hands on the knees or the thighs of the Messenger of Allah So this hadith mentions the, that Jibreel placed his hands on the thighs of the Messenger of Allah And he mentioned that this shows what is befitting of the one being questioned how he should be with the questioner. If the questioner is someone who is rough, someone who is coarse, ill-mannered, shui, is offensive somewhat, that you should pardon and overlook. And again, that this was يعني, Jibreel trying to show that he was from the desert Arabs. From the desert Arabs. And so then the messenger, uh, then, 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 he asked the Messenger of Allah وسلم, Tell me about Islam. And the messenger of, then he said, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that Islam is that you bear witness. None has a right to be worshipped in truth except for Allah. The five pillars. He mentioned the five pillars in Islam. And then he asked him about Iman. And then Ihsan. And all of these we mentioned and we explained in some detail in the previous book that we studied, Thalathatul Usul. And Perhaps we will delay the explaining of these in some detail for the next class. Indeed, the next hadith is also concerning the five pillars of Islam. So we'll explain them together, these pillars of Islam and Iman, in the next class with the, with the uh, hadith of Ibn Umar. However, Jibreel he asked, Concerning these three levels of Islam. Each level is higher than the one before. Islam. And then, Iman. And then, Ihsan. But not every Muslim, Islam, not every Muslim is a mu'min. وَقَالَتِ الْأَعْرَابِ آمَنَّا And the Arabs, when they just recently came to Islam, they said, Amanna, We have believed. And Allah said, you have not believed. لَكِنْ قُولُوا Aslamna, but say we have submitted to Allah, yani with Islam. But Iman is at higher level. It's at higher level. For those who were present, if you remember, we showed the diagram that was in the explanation of Sheikh Zaid, where there were three circles a large circle and two inner circles. Circle within that large circle and another circle within that second circle. And the first circle was the circle of Islam. That just because someone is within that circle there, doesn't mean he's reached that next circle of Iman, higher circle. And not every believer reaches that level of Ihsan, where he worships Allah to that point of where it's as though he sees Allah. Yani with yaqeen and certainty. When he worships Allah, he perfects his worship. However, again, we'll, we'll, uh, perhaps we will um, delay that until the next class. 
after the Messenger of Allah explained Islam and Iman and Ihsan, Jibreel at each point he would say, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth. As Amr he mentioned, that we were amazed that he would ask him and then he would say, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth. And so some of the Sahaba they said, We have not seen the likes of this. We have not seen the likes of this one. It's as though he's teaching the Messenger of Allah. It's as though he is, he is more knowledgeable than him. And again, is we know due to that last part of the hadith that it was, it was because Jibreel, he, he came, and this man, in reality, it was Jibreel who came to teach the Sahaba. And then, after mentioning Islam, Iman, and Ihsan, he mentioned, he asked about As-Sa'ah. Tell me about the Sa'ah. Tell me about the hour, the final hour. And again, to teach those who were present, the Sahaba, that this knowledge is only with Allah. And that is why the Messenger of Allah, he said, The one being asked knows any better than the one who asked. In fact, Ibn Hajar mentions, Ibn Hajar, he mentioned that this same question and answer occurred with Isa and Jibreel. It occurred with Jesus and Jibreel. However, it was Jibreel, it was Isa asking Jibreel. Here, in this hadith, it was Jibreel asking who? Muhammad sallallahu but Ibn Hajar mentioned in the situation of, uh, of Isa al-Islam and Jibreel, it was, it was Jesus asking Jibreel. And it's mentioned that when he asked him this, Jibreel, that he flew off the ground. And his, his wings, he jumped off the ground due to the seriousness of what he was asking him. And he said, the one that you're asking knows, doesn't know any better than the one who's asking. Jibreel said this. And in fact, in some of the verses in the Bible actually mention, actually mention that they mention that some of the disciples of Isa Islam and some of those present in the time of Isa Islam, they asked him about the hour. And he said, none knows the hour not even the, the angels, nor the son, they say the son, nor the father, uh, except the father. Only the father, only Allah. That's what they say. Anyway, uh, Ibn Hajar, he mentioned this. Ibn Uthaymeen, he mentions a very important point here. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah. He said that it is not permissible, it is not permissible for us to believe, and this shows to us this hadith, none knows the hour except for Allah. It is not permissible to believe and listen to those who claim that the final hour, the last day will be 2020 or 2000 and this. And they, they, they guess and they, some of these people who come out and they predict. It's not permissible to believe them and the one who believes them and listens to him and believes him. Then he mentions that this is kufr, this, he becomes a kafir, disbeliever. Because the ayat and the ahadith show to us clearly that none 
knows the hour that even if يعني أعلم الرسل البشرية that the most knowledgeable of the messengers the human messengers meaning Muhammad Sallallahu didn't know this وأفضل الملك وأفضل الرسل الملكية and that the best and the, the, the best of the angels or the messengers from the angels meaning Jibreel Indeed, he was a messenger. That if the messenger of Allah and Jibreel didn't know this, then who is there on the earth that, that knows this? So Ibn Ithaymin, he mentioned that it is not permissible, not allowed um, for a person to, to believe in these people. But rather it is obligatory for us to say, كَذَبْتُمْ You have lied. These, and then the signs that the messenger of Allah the signs that he mentioned, Sheikh Saleh al-Sheikh, he mentioned when explaining this hadith, he said that the signs, and it's well known that the signs are of two types, the signs of the hour. Because when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said that, I don't know the sign, that I don't, I don't know when the hour is. Jibreel al-Islam, he asked, tell me about the signs. So he said, from the signs of the hour. The signs of the final hour are of two types. Kubra, the major signs and Sughra, the minor signs. These two signs that the Messenger of Allah mentioned here are from Sughra, the minor signs. From the minor signs. The major signs is when a Dajjal, the Antichrist, appears, and all of those signs, the signs that come after, they are the major signs. Up until then, they are, they are all, the rest of the signs are. The minor signs. What was the intent by the messenger of the messenger of Allah Sallallahu when he said, when he said that the from the signs is that the slave girl will give birth to her master. Now some of the scholars they explain they explain this by saying that this means what it means is that. There will be the conquering of many lands. That the Muslims will conquer many lands. Islam will spread. And it's well known that during that time, uh, that in these situations, that they will take captives after winning the war and the battle. And then, from the, from the Muslims will be those who will take slave girls, captives. And then after, after sleeping with them and having a relationship with them, and they give birth, that that child, that child from, who was born from the free man, the Muslim, and the mother was a slave girl, that she, that, that child is a free person, not a slave. And so it is though that the child is the master of, his or her mother. Um, some scholars mentioned that what is intended here is يعني, uh, an increase in disobedience to the parents. The children will disobey their parents and it's as though they are the masters of their, of their parents. As for the second sign of the Messenger of Allah 
what he said, he said that the that the barefoot, naked, meaning hardly uh, clothed, meaning poor, barely wearing any clothes, meaning very they're poor. Um, when these Bedouins, when the Bedouin who usually just attend to their flock, camels and sheep and so on, that they would now begin to enter the city. And they will now compete in building high-rise buildings. Meaning, what is intended here is how quick the conditions will change. How quick the conditions will change. And then he left. The man, he left. And at this point, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, he said, Yeah, Umar. Atadriman is sail. Said, Oh Umar, do you know who the questioner was? So the scholars mentioned here that at this point the Messenger of Allah knew. He knew. Some say before, when he was asking the question and he said Sadat. He spoke truth, truthfully. And that the Messenger of Allah he sent the Sahaba, he sent them to search for him. He sent them in pursuit when he left in order to show to them that he was the angel because he's going to vanish. Because if he was a man, you'll find him. You will find him. However, to teach them and show them that he was an angel, that he was Jibreel. So here we find that the Messenger of Allah at the end of that hadith he said, Hada Jibreel atakum. This was Jibreel who came to teach you a religion. The scholars mentioned that this shows that this is the religion. The fundamentals of the religion. And this hadith, ayyul ikhwa, it has a sabab. It has a, has a reason why it, was, why it came about, this, this incident. Why Jibreel came? Yes, we know from the hadith that he came. Why? To teach them. But even within that, there's a further reason why this hadith took place, and why this incident took place. Anas ibn Malik, he mentioned, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he gave a khutbah. He gave a khutbah that he had, like a khutbah that he had never heard before. He gave a khutbah which was unlike any other khutbah that he heard before. The Messenger, the messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ مَا أَعْلَمْ لَدَحَقْتُمْ قَلِيلًا وَلَبَكَيْتُمْ كَثِيرًا And if you knew what I knew, you would laugh less and you would cry more. And so, so he said that the Sahaba, they began to cover their heads and they began to cry. And he mentioned, Anas ibn Malik, that the people began to gather around the Messenger of Allah and ask many questions. And so he stood on the member and he said, Saluni ma shi'tum. Ask me whatever you want. La tas'aluni al-yawm. That there is not a question that you ask. La tas'aluni al-yawm. La tas'aluni al-yawm. La tas'aluni al-yawm. And shay'. There is not a single thing that you ask me about today. 
Except that I will tell you about it. And so, some of the Sahaba, they began to ask, because the Messenger of Allah, and the scholars mentioned that this was towards the end of the prophethood, and towards the end of the life of the Messenger of Allah. And so, many of the Sahaba, they began to ask. And from them was the one who asked when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah, وَلِلَّهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ حِجُّ الْبَيْتِ مَنِ اسْتَطَاعِ إِلَيْهِ سَبِيلًا That upon the people is to perform the hajj for the sake of Allah. Whoever is able. And so, someone from amongst those who were present, and from amongst the Sahaba, he said, أَفِي كُلَّ عَامٍ Every year, do we have to perform the hajj every year? So the Messenger of Allah he remained quiet. And then he asked him again. Messenger of Allah quiet. Third time. And then the Messenger of Allah he said, He said, If I was to say yes, If I was to say yes, then it would have become, it would have become obligatory upon you to perform the Hajj every year. And if it was obligatory upon you, you would not be able to do it. And if you were to abandon it, meaning not do it every year, then you would disbelieve. Upon the people is to perform the hajj for the sake of Allah, whoever is able. Whoever disbelieves after this, and he is free from all mankind. He has no need of them. So Allah revealed the verse. Allah revealed the verse. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tas'alu an ashya' in tubadalakum yasu'kum. Oh, you who believe, do not ask. Do not ask about things which if they were to be made clear to you, that it would become difficult upon you and harm you and trouble you. Some of the Sahaba, when the Messenger of Allah said, Ask whatever you want to ask from me, some from amongst them said, O Messenger of Allah, Aina Abi, where's my father? Meaning, is he in paradise or hellfire? So the Messenger of Allah said, Finnar, your father is in the hellfire. This big, and so Allah revealed this verse, don't ask about things, which if they are made clear to you, would harm you. Another man he asked, another man he asked, Man Abi, who is my father? Because in the time of Jahiliyyah, before Islam, remember the, 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 the men would sleep with women, outside of marriage. And then when the woman gives birth, she would come and then she would choose the father. She would choose who wants to be, you know, who she wanted to be the father. And so, there was a possibility, a big possibility that the one who a man is uh, ascribed to was not his real father. So Abdullah ibn Hadafa, here he asked, he said, who is my father? And so the messenger of Allah said, your father is Hadafa. Father is Hadafa. However, Ibn Uthaymin, he mentioned that here, the one who asked, where's my father? 
The Messenger of said in the fire, no doubt this is harmful to you. That it's better that, better that you don't ask and that you don't know. It's harmful for you if you were to ask this. Hajj, if you were to ask, is it every year? It would have become obligatory upon you. If your father, Abdullah, wasn't truly Hadafa, and it was someone else, that would harm you. It would harm your father, the one who's uh, uh, acted as though he was your father all of this time. And so they were, forb they were forbidden from asking. Because they began to ask all these questions and to the point where the Messenger of Allah became angry. And Umar interceded and stopped and said, رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ نَبِيًّا So the Sahaba were, uh, they were forbidden from asking the Messenger of Allah So how does this connect to the Hadith of Jibreel? Anyone know? How does this connect to the reason why Jibreel came? The reason, ikhwa, the sabab and the reason for Jibreel coming, yes, he came to teach in the religion, is that as Allah mentioned here, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu la tasalu an ashya. All you who believe, do not ask the Messenger of Allah about things that if they were to be made clear to you, it would harm you. And so, in one wording, again in Sahih Muslim, just a few hadith down after that first hadith narrated and the hadith that we went through, that the Messenger of Allah at the end of the hadith he said, Hada Jibreel, that was Jibreel, Atakum yu'allimukum deenakum. He came, that was Jibreel who came to teach your religion. That was Jibreel Islam who came to teach your religion since you wouldn't ask. Because they were forbidden from asking questions. And so they didn't ask any more questions. And so Jibreel came to teach them their religion. Meaning, 
when they were forbidden from asking, so Jibreel, he came as a means to teaching the religion because they would not ask. Question, when was this hadith or when, was, when did this incident take place? Can we pinpoint or narrow it down to a certain time? Was it in Mecca, the period of Mecca or, or in Medina? Huh? How do, how do we know? And in the hadith is mention of the zakah, mention of the the, uh, the Ramadan, fasting Ramadan and Hajj, which shows that it was towards the end, towards the end, because the Hajj was made obligatory when in the ninth year, in the ninth year. So Imam Qayyibi he mentioned that the. The Hajj was made obligatory in the ninth year. The Messenger of Allah did not perform the Hajj until the tenth year, the year after. And he sent Abu Bakr to perform the Hajj. Why? Because they call that year the Am Amal Wufud. Many people were coming to, to learn the religion and to, they accepted Islam. And so it was more important for the Messenger of Allah to be there to teach them. And also because the Mushrikeen would still perform the Hajj. Huh? Naked. And so he sent Abu Bakr to, to announce to the Mushrikeen that after this year, no one will perform the Hajj naked. Because it's not befitting for the Messenger of Allah to be there whilst the Mushrikeen would, be, would perform the Hajj naked. And so um, it's mentioned that this incident took place just before, yani just before that the Hajjatul Wida', that final Hajj that the Messenger of Allah made. And also there's a hadith that mentions when uh, the Sahaba, they mention that Nuhina and Nas'al Rasulullah that we were forbidden from asking the Messenger of Allah وسلم, meaning, go back to that ayah and that which we mentioned that we were forbidden from asking and it would amaze us when we would see an Arab who would come a Bedouin Arab that would come and he would ask the Messenger of Allah وسلم, because then we would learn and he would ask and so he asked, like that hadith, but he came and he asked and he said that if I pray my five daily prayers, is there anything beyond that? He said, no, except that you perform the optional prayers. If I give the zakah, is there anything other than that? He said that you give nothing other than that uh, uh, except for the optional charity. The fasting likewise. The month of Ramadan fasted. Anything beyond that, it is optional. The hajj also obligatory, one time if you're able. Anything beyond that is, is optional. And then he said, by Allah, I will not increase upon that, nor decrease. And so the Messenger of Allah he said, Aflah in Sadaq. He will be successful if he's truthful. And so the Sahaba, they were, they were forbidden from asking. So this shows to us uh, the reason why Jibreel came. It shows the sub of the hadith. The reason why Ibn Umar narrates this hadith, there's another reason why Ibn Umar narrated the hadith from Umar. And that was the, uh, when Yahya bin Ya'mar and uh, Humayd bin Abdurrahman al-Himyari, when they came from Basra in Iraq and they uh, came to Ibn Umar, when they came across a people who were... Uh, people of worship, يقرؤون القرآن, they read the Qur'an. Huh? 
They read the Quran and they have knowledge with them. However, they deny the Qadr. They deny the Qadr, the pre-decree of Allah. And so Ibn Umar, he said, tell them, أَخْبِرْهُمْ أَنِّي minhum." Inform them that I am free from them and that they are free from me. And that Allah, that even if one of them had the Mount Uhud in, in gold and he spent that in the way of Allah, مَا قَبِلَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah will not accept it from him hatta yu'min bil qadr. Up until he believes, Allah will not accept that up until he believes in the qadr of Allah, yani the pillar of iman. So, that's the reason why, and then Ibn Umar, he mentioned, for indeed I heard Umar ibn Khattab say, and then he mentioned that hadith. So Ibn Umar was narrating from his father. What we also learn from this hadith, is the issue of al-muwazana of balancing between the good deeds and the bad deeds. Because there's some people who say that when you mention the good deeds of someone, they should mention the bad deeds. However, here we see that Yahya and Humayd, they mention that these are people who read the Qur'an. People who have knowledge. But Ibn Umar, what did he say? He said, tell them that I am free from them. And he wasn't concerned about these good deeds. I am free from them. They are free from me. Allah will not accept this until they believe in the Qadr. And in fact, some of the scholars, like Imam Nawawi, he mentioned that this was his takfir of them. He declared them to be non-Muslim because they rejected a pillar of iman. So this shows to us that it doesn't matter. So when you are Muslim, when you when you want to know who is that saved sect upon the way of the Messenger of Allah that iman that is sahih, that you say, but so and so, they have some deviance with them, but they've got some good with them. No. It doesn't matter about that good, because in this situation, that good doesn't matter. Because this is a situation when you explain that evil. Just like when Fatima bin Qais, when she came to the Messenger of Allah and she asked about two men who proposed to her. Fact three. Muawiyah and Abu Jahl. And the Messenger of Allah Muawiyah is well known, Sahabi Jalil, has many virtues from the most, from the smartest of the Sahaba. But the Messenger of Allah didn't mention any good about them, but he said, but he said, Muawiyah, he is poor. He is very poor. That Muawiyah would not like that, mentioning that about him. Abu Jahmi said he beats his women. Huh? Muawiyah. Muawiyah wa Abu Jahm. Muawiyah. And also Osama bin Zayd, and he was Osama bin Zayd that she married. But here, the Messenger of Allah did not mention their good. He did not mention their good. So that's something that we learn. Also, what we learn from this hadith is how to be when you seek knowledge. The mannerisms. We learn that from Jibreel and how he was when he came. His dress. How he sat. How he came, sat close up to the Messenger of Allah Also from this hadith, when the Messenger of Allah he said, Hada Jibreel yu'allimukum deenakum. This was Jibreel who came to teach your religion. Scholars, they mention that here, the Messenger of Allah said that this was Jibreel who came to teach your religion. But we know it was Jibreel who was asking the questions, not answering and teaching. It was the Messenger of Allah who was teaching. However, it shows that the mutasabbib, the one who is a means to others learning, kal mubashir, he is like the one who is actually doing the action. So he's, so he's like the teacher. He was like the teacher. And so, as we know in the hadith, Dal ala khair kifa'ili. Now the one who caused some good. And he is like the one who actually did it. 
So here the scholars mention when, when it comes to Asul al-Fiqh and the likes and the Qawai'id al-Fiqhiyya, those principles, those rules in Fiqh and understanding, rulings and so on. And we'll finish with this. There is, for example now, the one who is a means or a cause for something to come about, he is like the one who actually did it. So, if there's two men who bore witness against another man with that which necessitates uh, his, yani a punishment which is death, like ridda, apostasy, or one of those crimes that necessitate that he is, yani he has a capital punishment. However, late, and so, for example, he is ordered, it is ordered that he is killed. However, later on they admit that they lied and they intended his death. So here now, although they didn't actually kill him, it wasn't them who actually, whether it was with a sword, used the sword and directly killed him. Here now, they were the cause and so they are like the Mubashir. They are like the one who actually killed him. Because they were the cause of his death. Another example, and this is an example where, slightly different, but another example is, the one who, for example, who, or similar to this the last example, the one who digs a hole. If you, a Muslim, dig a hole. And this may differ from the laws in this land, but in the laws of the Sharia, in Islam, the one who digs a hole, and then it, someone falls into it and dies. And he, he didn't actually kill him by way of his hands, but he was the cause. He was the cause. And so he's like the, it's like he killed him. However, let's change that scenario slightly. If a man, first man, he digs a hole. Second man comes, stands by the hole. Then a third man comes and pushes him in. Then it is the third man that is responsible, not the first man. However, because the first one, even though he dug the hole, he wasn't the mutasabib directly. He wasn't like the, the one who actually pushed him in. But there could be a scenario where if the cause of the death, like the, the, the cause of the death is not someone or something that you can actually take retribution against. Example, if a man pushes another man towards a lion and the lion eats him, kills him, and although the man who pushed him didn't kill him, the lion was responsible, but the lion, you can't take revenge on the lion. There's no capital punishment on the uh, 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 retribution on the lion. Because the lion is a lion. So here, the mutusabib is like the mubashir. And so the one who actually pushed him towards the lion, he now would be responsible. And so in Islam, the point from this is that the one who causes or is a cause for something, he is like the mubashir. He's like the one who actually did the action. And there are some detail concerning that, some of that which we, which we mentioned. But the topic of that, these uh, issues and these matters are discussed in the books of fiqh. Um, we'll finish with that. And this hadith, ikhwa, in reality, we can go through this hadith over and over again. And there will always be some more benefits that we can take. Hadith azim, and that is why the hadith was referred to Umm Sunnah. 
the mother of the Sunnah, just like Surah Fatiha is referred to Umm al-Kitab, that this hadith is the Umm of the Sunnah, it's hadith Jibreel, because it contains in it the soul and the arkan of the religion. Um, and so, as for the pillars of Islam and pillars of Iman, we will delay that bi to the next class, the next, uh, when we discuss the next hadith. وفق الله الجميع لما يحب ويرضى وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين